Genki fans, it's your girl Iris back with another episode. Today is Sunday, December 8, 2019. Um, as you know, the winter meetings start on my dad's birthday, Monday, December 9th. So shout out to him. Happy early birthday, dad. I hope you love all your gifts. I paid express shipping, so I hope the tracker is wrong with the end of day stuff. It's supposed to get there tomorrow, and I hope it does get there early enough for him to you know, experience that early morning, um, opening your gift thing, (laughs) and if you remember, the Yankees traded for Giancarlo Stanton two years ago, December 9th, back in 2017, so it'll be the, a two-year anniversary of that, hopefully the Yankees make some noise coming out of the winter meetings, so we'll have to stay tuned for that, so, which is, which starts tomorrow, and already, the Yankees wasted no time. They already met with Cole in SoCal, California. And according to John Heyman, the Yankees are all in. So that's a whole six days before the winter meeting started. They also met with Strasburg a day after. So, yes, the meetings will be taking place in San Diego. But the Yankees personally flew out to meet these studs. So this is a different level of interest uh, Cashman, Boone, Matt Black, the pitching coach, and Andy Pettit, they took part of the recruiting process. Uh, Sabathia, he was actually supposed to be there, but he had, you know, his um, shoulder surgery and that he had some, some things going on. So, unfortunately, he wasn't able to be there. Um, hopefully, he does get in contact with Cole and, you know, answers any questions that he needs and provides more information if the Yankees need him to do so um we already know the Yankees love Cole they try to draft him in the past they try to trade trade for him they just recently flew out to see him before Strasburg so the interest is clearly real uh and then according to his agent Scott Boris last month geography wouldn't be an issue for him so that's a good thing And a lot of people were trying to compare the Corbin situation. So, first of all, last year the Yankees let his camp know that they wouldn't go more than six years and a certain amount. But, uh, you know, his camp insisted and the Yankees decided to do the meeting anyways. He ended up with the Nationals. And... I felt like they liked him, but not enough to overpay him. He was he was viewed as a like a number three starter, and instead of of signing him, the Yankees ended up with J. A. Happ. They signed him to a two year deal. You know, when he came over at the trade deadline, he actually did a pretty good job for us. 2009, 2019 was disastrous, and he does have a second year left. So, we'll have to see what happens if the Yankees hang on to him because there's also been rumors flying around that he may be dealt. Um, But he is owed money, so the Yankees will need to be creative with this if they want to move him and trade for someone else. And we know that they like Manny Machado, but they felt like he was more of a luxury because they had Didi coming back from Tommy John, uh, he was expected to be back in July and uh, July or August, and he came back in July. They basically needed like a placeholder. They took a chance on Tulo. It didn't work out. Um, they ended up signing DJ to a contract, two-year, twenty-four million, 
And it ended up being the best decision the Yankees did. You know, um, Didi came back. He didn't. He actually underperformed. DJ overperformed. Like he was. He was like a. He was automatic. He he was able to get to everything. And then Torres, he took over at shortstop. So it was an infield of, you know, Torres. And then we had um, Didi afterwards. We had DJ at second base. And, you know, we, we didn't know what Gio was about at the time. Um, Underheart ended up getting some surgery done. So, yeah, the Yankees did, did have some interesting pieces in the infield and they felt like Machado was more of a luxury item so so that's why the Yankees ended up passing up on Machado so back to the Cole Strasburg sweepstakes so Mark Feinstein he mentioned that the Strasburg meeting went very well and so basically they talked New York market they talked about the philosophy and the Yankees gave the pitcher an extensive view of the organization. Exact dollars weren't discussed, but the pitching market was certainly referenced. So, uh, I mean, in my opinion, I feel like Strasburg is going to go back to the, either the Nationals or he's going to go to San Diego. Um, I would like for the Yankees to get Cole. You know, he's younger. He's experienced in the AL. I mean, they both have... Pretty good numbers. One away, one came away with a championship ring, which is Strasburg, but that's fine. I wouldn't mind Cole winning his first championship in New York. So, you know, hopefully he does come away signing a contract with the New York Yankees. And Heyman had a whole bunch of quotes. And, you know, it certainly gave Yankee fans hope on the whole sweepstakes thing. So, Cole basically assured the Yankees that he has no West Coast bias at the at yesterday's meeting, and that took four hours. You know, the Yankees believe that he's built for New York City, but have been worried he preferred L.A. So, I felt like Boris was probably telling him to say that to increase the dollar amount for the Yankees or make others overpay. And... I believe the the biggest competition, obviously the Dodgers have money, but the Angels, they're expected to operate with no financial restrictions, according to Epler. And they have already met with Cole, who is, which is their top um, top target. And, and then Heyman decided to throw out other teams. I'm not sure how accurate it is, but he mentioned, besides the Yankees, he mentioned... Um, Texas, Phillies, and the Dodgers. So we'll have to see what happens with those other teams. But it seems like the Yankees are the most serious team right now based off the quotes. You know, Heyman said that the Yankees had a very nice introductory meeting with Garrett Cole. He said that, that uh, no money was discussed at the meetings and that the Yankees are selling him on being a Yankee and winning. And also key the dollars will be there. So if the dollars will be there, it's basically all about preference. And, you know, the Yankees believe that he'll do great in New York, but may prefer LA. So as of now, if there's no West Coast bias, then 
I feel like this this dude is gonna be a Yankee. And Jeff Passan, on how he talked about Cole, he came on the the Michael K show, and then he's basic. He basically was stating that Cole has two preferences in free agency, and that's to win and to be the best pitcher of the generation. So if that's the case, the Yankees are the answer. You know, they check off both of those boxes. You know what more? What more would you want? Your your number retired. The Yankees can't retire your number. You could pick whatever number you want. You could pick number forty-five. You can you can take Voigt's number. You wouldn't even need to call him. You can just override and just take it. <laughs> and um, Sherman confirmed the the geography is overstated, and a lot of people don't know that Cole's sister lives in New York. By the way, so he does have family. If he were to play in New York, so so that's a good thing. Uh, and then he mentioned why, you know, Matt Blake being at the meeting or Blake should not be overlooked. And then he was just like, Cole, those who know him, you know, will want to hear the right stuff from Blake and the Yankees about biomechanics, sleep, nutrition, ETC. Cole will not surrender what is best for his career if the money is equivalent just to be in South Carolina. So, like I said, if this is all about money, and obviously, if he sold on the Yankees, <laughs> like, I haven't felt so excited about a pitcher, a player before. Like, I was excited about the stat news, but this is like... This is through the roof, man. Like, I haven't felt so excited about the Yankees getting a pitcher since since they signed Sabathia and Burnett. Like, I know they signed Tanaka, you know, not too long ago, back in 2014, but this is Garrett Cole we're talking about. We're we're that close. We're so we're so close. I feel like we're so close to the finish line and like I want somebody to pinch me and, and tell me, like, yo, this is really happening. Like, it's crazy. And get this. Just today, <laughs> as I was recording, Bob Clappish, if that's how you pronounce his name, he tweeted out, I'm told Yankees have a seven-year, $245 million offer on the table for Garrett Cole would be a record-setting contract for a pitcher, surpassing Granke's $34.4 million um, contract per year. Question is whether Dodgers or Angels would go to 8 or 9 or even 10 years. I love the contract offer. So, this is just the initial offer. He already has been offered the biggest contract ever to for a pitcher, this is just the initial offer. So imagine what the final offer will be. I feel like the Yankees are going to have to go either eight years or nine years to, to close this thing out. Maybe $38 million gets the gets deal done. Maybe 39 But them coming out this strong, like, they're letting him know, like, we're not playing. We're not here to... We're not here talking, um, you know, 230, 245 over seven. That's 35 a year. 
I feel like if they, they go up to 37, 38, 39, they're going to get it done. Add another year or add two other years. Get it done. Uh, you know, and I, doubt, and I doubt he'll say no. So I'm very excited about that. Very excited. Um, Hal actually sat down with the Yes Network. He had an interview with Meredith and... He thinks the Yankees were good enough to beat the Astros and how you can never have enough pitching, even though he thinks the Yankees do have a good starting rotation in 2020. Um, he mentioned Paxton. He talked about Tanaka, Montgomery, Severino, Hap, Loasiga. And he basically, he was saying that he was open to adding and you can never get enough pitching, which is true because starters have their ups and downs. They get hurt. You just never know. And then the Yankees, they don't really have immediate help in the minors. There's some interesting prospects, but prospects are sub, sub suspects until proven otherwise. And then there's some on the current roster that need some help, and hopefully the Yankees pitching coach is able to help them, you know, tune their mechanics, polish them, whatever. And Meredith, he was asking how... How active and aggressive was he going to pursue Strasburg and Cole? And right off the bat, he said he wasn't going to talk about anyone in particular, but all options are open, and anything Cash brings to him, he's going to take a serious look at. And then she did point out the salary. She pointed out that the Yankees were at about $212 million. That puts them past the first, the first tier, which is $206 million. Second tier would be to $28 million, and then third tier would be $248 million. And the Yankees, they can go right past that. So she asked him if he would consider, you know, going over these luxury tax, um, the threshold, if he would go to tier two or three. And then, so he was like, there are obviously some major problems with that involving draft picks. And different things. It's something I would prefer not to do, but it's something I would consider. The last starter that the Yankees spent over a hundred million dollars on, that was back in 2014, and that was given to Masahiro Tanaka. So it's been a minute since they spent so much money on a pitcher, and the timing couldn't have come at a better time with. You know, Tanaka in his walk year, Paxson in his walk year, and Hap maybe dealt. And with the win-now mode, the Yankees are missing a piece in the puzzle, and that's Cole. And even though how is, you know, he's all in for Cole, he wasn't going to just say that in the interview, but it definitely some answers that he said, like, made me think, like, okay, yeah. Yeah, he's he's serious this time. And then he, you know, he he had similar quotes to what Cashman said, how they were like a player two away, and all of that, and how pitching wasn't wasn't the reason why they lost. It was hitting, and you know, I'll, I'll say it's true. A couple of clutch hits could have been the difference maker, but the Yankees won just two games in which the starter went six innings. And they lost the other four. So clearly, the starting pitching wasn't good enough. 
the relievers were exhausted. They didn't even make it to the World Series. So being good enough to compete and being complete is a different story. So I feel like Cole definitely helps you be that complete team. You know, the, the Yankees been stuck on the AOCS. This guy's going to help us get on to, get to the World Series. He's going to help us go all the way. So the Yankees need to do whatever they can to get this guy on their team. And don't give me that the starting, you know, rotation wasn't a problem. You know, in the season, they they had a 4.51 ERA, which is 15 in the majors. So clearly, that's an area that needs to be upgraded and not tax the pen so much. So there will be different results, better results. We need starting pitching. We need we need length. We need call. Uh, so Cashman, uh, let's see, a couple of days ago, not too many days ago, you know, he was going down the, the Landmark One building. So he was doing a practice run for his annual holiday celebration. And 15 stories above the ground, he saw a like a computer printed sign that said, please sign Garrett Cole. So he said that that was pretty much taped up in a spot where only he could see it. And then he didn't talk about any financials. Um, he didn't acknowledge the, the, the record setting report that came out and and he didn't even talk about if he felt like the Yankees had a geographic disadvantage but this is what he did say if there are certain steps that need to be taken in conversations on the phone like any club you know we're fully available to the player and agent prepared to do what's necessary text phone and person meetings what have you our focus is obviously always trying to improve the club, but you know if we can improve the front of ro- front of the rotation even more and I like our rotation. Our rotation is really strong and we got kids pushing up from the bottom that are hungry to take a spot, but we would just love to add to it if we can. Because it's a long season and it's always better to put your head on the pillow where you can run run out of the one of the premier starters in the game and I complete a hundred percent. And Heyman, he actually said that the Yankees um they enjoyed their meeting with Strasburg but would be surprised if he left with if he didn't leave with the Nationals. Um, you know, they feel more confident signing Strasburg than Rendon. Uh so you know maybe the Yankees feel like they can private waste drafts from the Nationals if, you know, if they're not able to come away with Cole. But, you know, they do have a nice team over at, um, you know, over there. They just won the World Series. He's already comfortable there. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he returns. He already won that World Series, so he got a taste of it. And maybe he feels like the, the Nationals, they can continue their run and he goes back. Or he may go to San Diego, so... It all depends. Aaron Boone, he was interviewed by Marty and Bart on WFN. And he was talking about Garrett Cole and Strasburg, how the meeting went. So he was like, both guys are obviously elite starting pitchers. And it was really, really good to spend some time with them to kind of just get to know them a little bit. 
And I would say we came away, obviously, really impressed with both guys, who they are and where they are in their career. And just both guys were really smart. And we'll see what happens. And this is more on quote, on Cole. Uh, so these are quotes I'm quoting. And his intelligence, his attention to detail, as far as his craft, Everything from his mechanics to how his body works to his nutrition and sports science and all. I mean, he was impressive. He understands who he is. He understands who he is, where he's at in his career. And it was pretty neat to spend some hours with, some hours with him. So, you know, I feel like the Yankees came away impressed by Cole. And then that's when Cashman or how was convinced to open up his wallet and and uh what's his name <laughs> Boone had more to say on Strasburg so he was like in the end you don't know exactly what's inside he seems very open minded and it was truly a pre- a pleasure kind of getting to know him more i knew a little bit about him going in my dad's in the front office in with the nationals so i've gotten to know him at least topically over the years so Boone said the the meetings, there are much learning about Cole and Strasburg, and you know the the two studs getting to know about the Yankees as well. And we all know that CC was supposed to make the meeting and he wasn't able to, but he did share some information on CC and his future. So he was just saying like, CC, you know, he's already dipping his toe in the water like what role he wants to get involved with in the organization. So I'm looking forward to see what the next thing is for CC as far as impact on the players. So I'm definitely excited to hear that. You know, the players, they, they love, they respect CC. They value his thoughts and opinions. Um, he made a lot of players feel comfortable throughout his year with the Yankees, especially the younger dudes. Um, so I'm excited that he's still trying to stay involved in the Yankees organization. It's, it's not sure what role it's going to be, but, you know, he's just a text away. Um, he may come around in spring training. Who knows? And Boone also commented on the Astro scandal. So he was like, maybe if it's going to the levels that we're potentially talking about, I kind of... We'll wait and see where this all leads. I know Major League Baseball is investigating it tooth and nail and interviewing so many people. And hopefully in the end, we will get a lot of answers. We'll be able to kind of react appropriately then, but certainly seems to be a lot of smoke right now. So, I mean, I get that, you know, Boone is not really trying to say too much because until MLB concludes their investigation, so... There's nothing wrong with that because right now, I mean, there's a lot of evidence, but I, you know, I respect what he has to say right now. And he actually doesn't believe that the Astros cheated the Yankees out of a World Series appearance. So he was like, I like to think nothing was going on like that. So I don't want to discredit what happened at all. I think some of the things that they're looking on go back before that. So obviously it's going back to 2017 until until current and it's hard to tell because Cole would have pitched in game number seven and who knows if the Yankees would have been able to beat him he was well rested he was ready to go um 
it's just it's hard to tell. I mean, the Yankees they they were really like head to head with the Astros, and had the Astros not cheated, maybe they they wouldn't have been head to head. Maybe the Astros would have like lost more games. It's really hard to tell because you can't predict baseball. And um, so Heyman, you know, has more. He comes out tweeting more quotes. He was like, "Here the Yankees." Total focus right now is on Garrett Cole. Uh, the Phillies, Texas, Dodgers, uh, the Angels are known to be in, but the Yankees don't want to be den- denied. So that's that's an exciting quote. The Yankees don't want to be denied, and it's it you know it's different to say the Yankees don't want to be denied and the Yankees are not going to be denied. That's two different things. So. A little bit after that, um, Peter Gammons, he dropped the bomb and was like, John is right. They were not denied. Dodgers, Angels will soon learn. So he could be speculating all the way or he could know something that we don't know. But as of now, like, you know, if he's the only one talking about this and Passan is not even talking about this and Ken Rosenthal is not even talking about this, then... It might be speculation on his part. And then after Andy Martino from SNY, he basically was like, several agents say Yankees appear to have backburned other business while trying to finish Garrico negotiations. This has a CC in 09. They won't be denied vibe. So any negotiations the Yankees are, well, did have with Gardner or any other former Yankee player or player that they do want to acquire is put to the side and they're focusing on Cole, which which should be their, their main priority. They should continue. And then we heard how Andy Petty was a, a big hit at the, the, the meetings, called the star in the room. And, you know, I feel like Andy Pettit coming from, a, um, from Texas – a small town in Texas coming over to New York where the lights are brighter. What better mentor for Cole? And he's very knowledgeable. And then he usually comes around spring training, so I'm sure they'll exchange numbers if they haven't already, if he signs with the Yankees. And, you know, I'm happy that Pettit did did what he had to do. And and I'm and I hope that it was enough to to convince Cole, like I come to Yankee Land, if I come to Yankee Universe, you know, if I if I pitch the way I have been, everything's gonna be okay. And I have all the support that's needed. You know, the Yankees they treat wives great and you know, I'm sure they talked about everything at the meeting and he feels more comfortable now that he sat down with them. He can really think about it, his wife can think about it. So that's good. Um, and then from all the tweets, like if you put the puzzle together, it sounded like the Yankees um, won the sweepstakes for his services based based off what Peter Cammons was saying, let alone just what he was saying and Andy Martino, how he was adding to it. and But yeah, like <clears throat> my phone, it was starting... It was acting like crazy. It was freezing. The my notifications were pouring in, 
everyone on Twitter was excited about the possible signing. You know, after doubting that the Yankees won't even be in, um, that they're just doing like their due diligence, just visiting and not doing anything. But um, at least the Yankees fans were excited. Others obviously were salty. And after that, you know, it was silent for a little bit. Um, and then baseball insider Jeff Passan tweeted out, the Garrett Cole sweepstakes is moving to the point where teams will be making initial offers in the coming days. The three favorites remain as uh, the New York Yankees, the Angels, and the Dodgers. So, so much for the Yankees signing him, huh, Peter Gammons? He made it seem like the Yankees really like locked him up when teams haven't even made an offer. And then Passan adds, the pace of negotiations for Garrett Cole is to be determined. It can move very fast. It may well hit a snag. A lot depends on the initial offers, but know this. Teams recognize that there is a very strong market and that showing the depth of the interest with a strong first offer is favorable. So we obviously have to wait a little bit, but it may be done at the winter meetings after all. And then there was more, you know, more news that came out, more more quotes. Uh, a fan has sent a tweet to Andy Martino. He was like, oh, so much for saying, so much for, um, what was it, finishing any negotiations. And then Martino was like, yeah, believe me, they've been negotiating. So, like, imagine a deal is close to done. Well, at that time, that's, this is what I was imagining. Um, so I was like, imagine the deal is close to done, but MLB doesn't want the Yankees to announce until the, the winter meetings due to the ratings that they'll get for covering the story. But, and if this happened, you know, it basically seems the way, like it, it brings me back to the Yankees when they signed Sabathia in 2008. They came out firing with an offer he couldn't refuse. And then Cash is known to put out an offer before closing it in. And who knows that their their initial offer may not be too off from you know from the final offer and, and Cole may definitely he may be the one walking away with the Yankee offer after all. <laughs> and then Peter Gammons, like, he was like, Garrett Cole would go into New York for his age 29 season. And everybody was like, wait, what? Like, he's the only one tweeting that the Yankees signed him. Like, this is probably, like, all speculation. And he just probably wants credit if once the Yankees, if they sign Cole. I expect them to sign Cole and... Obviously, money talks, man. Like, just just go get him. And Sabathia and Ruko, they had interesting quotes on their R2C2 podcast, which came out on December 5th. So first off, Sabathia, he's in a sling. He's still recovering from his shoulder surgery. And even though he announced his retirement, 
coming out of the bullpen was something he thought was fun, fresh, and he considered coming back until he tore something in his arm, and that was a sign for him not to return. So you can obviously tell Sabathia has a lot of heart, and I wouldn't expect him to not want to come back until his body really gave out. Like, his knee was already giving out. He was already, like, not even thinking about his knee anymore. It was his arm, like, really gave out on him because as a starter, you know, you pitch more innings. As a reliever, you do pitch, like, um, stressful innings, but he wouldn't be pitching as many innings. So I guess he thought he might have been able to hack it, but it just didn't play out that way. Um, And I can't blame him with this Yankees team. Like, they're, they're so fun to watch. And so young, you know, they got very far. And he knows, like, that Cole was a free agent. And he was probably, like, thinking, like, yeah, I can, we can be teammates. Like, I'll come back for Cole. And, you know, it just didn't happen. But, oh, well, speaking of Garrett Cole, so, <clears throat> Cece, excuse me, he can definitely re- relate to the situation, and he spoke about his own experience as a free agent from being from L.A., coming to New York. And he had his own thoughts on the Astro scandal. So we learned that the Angels made Sabathia the second best offer. You know, the Brewers were involved. But he ended up going to the highest bidder, which is the Yankees. Um, and the fact that he knows that the Yankees were going to win... Um, they put out a good team out every year. They have a good chance to win. That was very um, attractive for him. But what did it for him was the Yankees throwing in an opt-out clause after year number three. Because in his mind, he thought Cash was so sure that Sabathia was going to love it, he had to throw that, that opt-out clause in. And that made Sabathia feel even more comfortable. So, you know, when... When he talked about that, I thought maybe that's something that the Yankees should try with Cole. Maybe they should throw in um, an opt-out clause. But as of right now, I feel like, you know, the Angels are a serious, a serious threat because Epler is going to operate this offseason with no re- restrictions financially. He obviously grew up around the area. And, you know, I just hope the recruiting that's done, the numbers that the Yankees throw at him, Gets, gets it done. Um, as you know, Sabathia was supposed to be part of the recruiting process, but he wasn't able to make it. Um, I do hope he still reaches out to Cole um, and is able to make a more of an impact. I mean, they've had several conversations already, so I don't think it would matter too much. But I do hope that Sabathia does reach out and see where Cole, you know, where his mind is. Um, So he had this to say on Cole on the podcast. He was like, they're going to have to pay this guy. He's worth it. He is what you want as a frontline starter in every sense of it. You have to pay for that shit. It It made sense when he was available for trade. That guy's a Yankee, bro. Some point in his career, he's going to show up and win a World Series. He's going to work. And with that being said, you're going to have to pay him. So it was funny because, like, Ruko, he brought up Heyman's name, and Sabathia was like, man, 
these guys don't be knowing shit. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes he does tweet certain things that aren't true. And but for me, like top two is Jeff Passan and Ken Rosenthal. They're always on top of it. Um, I'll say Jack Curry. He knows his stuff. Anything he tweets out, like I would say, play uh, pay very close attention to Jack Curry's tweets because he has broken those before. And Sabathia had this to say on the Astro scandal. He was like, "It's so crazy. I really don't know what to make of it. One day I wake up and it's like it is what it is. We lost." And another day I wake up and see a laptop down there and I'm like, man, this is too fucking much. I really don't know what to make of it or what to think. It sucks, man. It's crazy. It just sucks that it happened. I know these motherfuckers didn't beat us fair and square. I knew that we were better than them. Fuck. And then Roka was like, that's cheating. He's like, they cheated. And then Sabathia was like, man, these motherfuckers had buzzers on their fingers. Man, they need to fight everyone. Jeez. And you know what? He's right. I got the sense that the Yankees were the better team because of so many chances. They were like head to head. And if you take away that big advantage from knowing what what pitches were coming, like who knows what would have been. But what sucks about it the most is... Not only the fans got cheated, the the players got cheated, but Sabathia, he's retired. He's retired, so like now he won't have an opportunity to face them without the cheating. So I know, you know, he's hoping the punishment is harsh because he's mad about this. Like he's like, yeah, yeah like he's like, we could have, coulda, woulda, shoulda. Who knows what would have happened? So MLB needs to do what they need to do. And, um, you know, hopefully no, no other organization is, is doing this that we haven't heard of it. Hopefully if they were doing something like this, they've gotten away from it, from, you know, all the news that broke out, but it, it, it will depend on MLB and how harsh their punishment is to prevent other teams from, coming out and cheating so so not too long ago Bob Nightingale another you know he's he's known to put out wrong information but who knows if this is right or wrong so he tweeted the Yankees say they plan to make a strong offer for Garrett Cole this week but no offer has been submitted yet So it's like, it's like, here we go again. Like, we don't know who to believe, what to believe until a contract offer is made. But here we are. We're, we're, we are reeled into all of this. Numbers are being thrown out. Who knows if this is, who knows if this was uh, Boris telling the other Bob to throw that number out there. But we we do know that Boris is gonna want, you know, Cole to be the the biggest paid free agent ever. You know he's gonna want the Yankees to top that. Uh, the current offer, which was thirty four point four million dollars, um, 
to Granky, so we already know it's going to take 35 and up. So we'll just have to see at the, the winter meetings tomorrow and the next couple of days to see what, you know, what, what comes out of that with, with the cold news. Let's talk about the news and rumors surrounding the Yankees. So back on December 2nd, Jack Curry tweeted out that there has been dialogue with the Yankees and Gardner. But I guess the offer the Yankees made just wasn't enough um, for Gardy to strongly consider it. So they came back a couple of days later and John Heyman reported that the Yankees made another offer to, Car- to Gardner and the sides continued to talk. So, you know, I've mentioned in the past that as long as the money given to Gardner doesn't affect Cole, I'm all for it. You know, I love Gardner and everything that he brings to the table. Um, You know, he has a good bat, good defense, veteran leadership, keeps the guys loose, him being a jokester and all. But at the same time, he has his game face on when... When it's time to play, he's ready to go, ready to rally the boys. He's very knowledgeable, and the youngsters go to him a lot for information, especially after CC gone. We need that leadership in the in the clubhouse. Um, Hicks is sidelined for some time, and Gardy loves playing for the Yankees. So, you know, he's a good guy on and off the field. I will say this. Uh, one guy who does play a beautiful center field and was also a pest against the Yankees in the past is Kevin Pillar. Uh, he was non-tendered by the Giants because of what he's expected to make, but he is only 30 years old and he may be looking for a multi-year contract, opposed to Gardner who is looking for just one year um and um, at least eight teams have checked in on Pilar, so you know we'll see who, who where he ends up. He may be on the Red Sox um, if they do decide to trade Mookie. Maybe he goes to the Mets. Uh, we'll we'll have to see what happens with that. It's just too bad that Frazier isn't a good fielder as he is a hitter. I also think the Yankees would have strongly consider taking a a real shot, uh, a real chance on him. Um, but we'll have to see what strides uh, Frazier makes in 2020. We'll have to see how Floreal bounces back and other top prospects in the organization who can eventually replace Gardner. So it's smart if the Yankees do bring Gardner back. They have, you know, they will have four legit outfielders. Uh, speaking of Frazier, he actually made the news after he got on Twitch with the Giants quarterback, Daniel Jones. He was playing Call of Duty, you know, having fun, and he trolled the Astros. It was hilarious. Um, it, you know, it showed him holding a gun in the game, and then he banged it against the, the trash can, and he was like, two-bang slider. All right, the curveball's coming. So he was having fun with that. It was funny. So more news, reliever Blake Trinan or, or Trennan, he was non-tendered by the A's. So the A's couldn't find a trade partner willing to pay his uh, $8 million salary after his 2019 struggles. And I, you know, I said in my previous podcast, if the Yankees don't want to overspend on Dellen, 
they should definitely go after this dude. Uh, the Yankees have been linked to Blake for some time and being the most interested. And I did mention in my previous podcast how he was one of the best relievers in 2018. He was also an all-star closer. So he went from being that to everything going downhill in 2019. The total opposite, which was his worst year. But he still has a lot of potential, and the Yankees may be able to figure something out with their new pitching coach. And speaking of their new pitching coach, Michael King called into called into yes, and he had a lot of positive things to say about Matt Blake. He mentioned that he coached a um, a showcase team, and and he was like he was an unbelievable dude. Great locker room presence, really down to earth, can definitely relate to us, brings the analytical side of the game to us, and is able to really uh, show how it's going to benefit us, mechanics, pitch selection, sequence. Really excited to get to work with him, hoping I'll be able to see him this winter and do a one-on-one before spring training. So if Matt can turn Adams around, then I feel like he can turn anyone around. But I definitely feel that Chance Adams will definitely benefit from, you know, all of his his experience, his knowledge, work, you know, and going in debt on the analytical side. So, and I'm really excited because it's not just Chance Adams. Loasiga has, you know, he needs to. So he seems like he's. He has a lot of great stuff, but sometimes he gets rattled and, you know, he needs to put it back together. So, and then there's others in the system waiting. Um, I like to see what he does with Davey Garcia. So spring training is going to be fun, as always. And Lindsay Adler... Uh, so she had a recent interview with Swanson, the Yankees' new catching coordinator. Uh, so the Yankees are hoping that he can help Sanchez reach his full potential and others throughout the system. And he had this to say. Instead of teaching catchers to be receivers from their best block and throw stances, let's teach them how to be good, re- good receivers and throwers out of their best receiving stance it's a similar problem we just got to look at it differently so i mean i have faith that gary will will benefit from his knowledge this guy means business he seems like he's very passionate about it and you know the same way that he was able to help garver from the twins with his receiving skills i can't i can't wait to see gary take that information in and apply it to his own game as well as Higgy who may be the new you know backup catcher uh, Mark Feinstein he reported that Madison Bumgarner market appeared to be just as active as Zach Wheeler's um, I mean I think it could either move as fast as Wheeler's market or it can drag out until Cole and Strasburg signs because, you know, I feel like the Wheeler, the, the Phillies 
got desperate and signed Wheeler due to their need for pitching. They they didn't want to miss out, so they went ahead and signed Wheeler. And as you know, he was the Yankees' fallback option. And he actually turned down a bigger offer to stay on the East Coast and be closer to New Jersey where his wife is from. So he got $118 million over five years. And... So, and it just means that Strasburg and Cole will get will get way more. Um, I wasn't expecting him to get this much because of his health risk. And the guy does have good stuff, but he still has to put it all together. And he was the Mets' number four starter. Um, he still has upside to him. Uh, the Astros, they've been wanting to acquire him for years. So there's something they saw that the Phillies also valued and ultimately sign him you know to this big of a contract so this one caught me off guard I was like damn already and maybe the market will move fast after all which is which is obviously great um Andy Martino report reported that the Yankees were lukewarm on him and and it was like a call strag or bust and he mentioned that Mad Bum prefers the NO but you know, he may he may have to settle for an AL team because there will be more of a market uh, with the AL. And we also found out that another starting pitcher signed, which is Cole Hamels. He signed with the Braves for one year, $18 million. So that's, that's very good money for him. Um, it just sucks for the Mets, you know. The ha- Hamels goes to the Braves and... Their own pitcher, Wheeler, he goes to the Phillies. The Mets aren't spending so far. And speaking of the Mets, um, there's been talk about Steve Cohen. So he's worth $9.2 billion. And if he's able to buy the Mets, they will have the richest owner. Um, you know, the fans have suffered throughout the years, and hopefully, you know, maybe the deal goes through and he starts spending like crazy and he really gets this rivalry with the Mets and Yankees back. So that'll be fun. There was some rumors going on with Robbie Ray. So according to Jeremy Clough from Arizona Republic, there was trade speculation about Diamondbacks, uh, Robbie Ray. So he's a left-handed pitcher, starting pitcher. He's only 28 years old. Uh, the Yankees have been connected to him for some time. And he has one year left before free agency. And he's projected to earn, let's see, $10.8 million through arbit- arbitration. Um, he had a okay year. He went 12-8. and eight. He had a 4.34 ERA. He struck out 235 batters, walked 84 in 174.1 innings. And the Yankees, they have tried to trade for him at the deadline. And Frazier was speculated as a potential trade piece. And talks have returned this week. And he wasn't the only one that linked Robbie Ray to the Yankees. Buster Onley listed Ray as a possibility if the Yankees missed out on Cole. Um, but I'm just not sure whether the Yankees can get both. They can trade for Ray and they can sign Cole. Trade half. So, you know, Ray is a solid pitcher. 
And he's still young, so there's still room for growth. Hopefully with Matt Blake's help, you know, that would be a nice project for him. And some will say, oh, where would he fit? Like I said, trade Hap, replace him with Ray, pay Cole. You know, you always make room for good players. And based how, based on how, like, Ray does in New York, the Yankees can try to extend him or not. Maybe it's just uh, they just want him for this year and they'll figure it out afterwards. Or maybe it takes a guy in the top five along with Frazier and a player to be announced later. As you know, Tanaka and Paxson are both in their walk years. Although I would love the Yankees to bring back Tanaka. He's a smart pitcher. Uh, you know, the pressure doesn't get to him in New York. He pitches well in big games. Paxson, you know, he's younger. He may want a bigger contract. The Yankees may not be willing to go the distance on him. Maybe they, they will. I guess it this depends on how he pitches in 2020. Um, and the Yankees will also get a chance to see how some of their... Their top pitching prospects pitch in 2020. Maybe Davey Garcia emerges. And the Yankees don't need to go out and bring back uh, Paxton. Um, I know the Yankees love Tanaka, so I feel like they will, you know, bring him back. And we'll just have to wait for the season to play itself out. Uh, So there was a little bit more news. So supposedly... Cole has met with the Dodgers, and as of now, according to Bob Nightingale, the Dodgers quietly are being aggressive this winter. They're in talks with free agent third baseman Anthony Rendon and starting pitchers Stephen Strasburg, well, Steven Strasburg, and then also Kevin Gossman. And several rivals say that LA is willing to listen to trade offers on several of their high Price players. Uh, so they did a lot of cleaning up in trades last offseason, and I wouldn't doubt they would be doing you know the same thing this year, make a serious run for a free agent that they want. Um, I feel like Rendon is somebody you know at the top of their list. I'm not sure how badly they want Cole, but they did um, lose a starter. To the free agency market, so we'll see. Um, I just feel like there hasn't been enough talk surrounding the Dodgers and Cole as of now, but they could be sleepers in, in the end. They could, you know, top everybody's contract, um, the Yankees, the Angels. But it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a long ride. You know, it might not be that long of a ride, but this this should be fun. Um, Kikuchi and Yamaguchi. <laughs> so they're available um, in the posting process. So any club willing to pay the correspondence release fee and any applicable supplemental release fee or fees um, may, de- may negotiate with, with um, each respective player and then January 2nd being the deadline. So... Good players, I feel like they're going to sign after, you know, Mad Bomb signs, after Cole signs, Strasburg. They'll they'll be next in line. Um, so that's that. And just wanted to 
you know, just wanted to talk about, you know, what what has been tweeted just recently. So Mark Feinstein was basically saying, I'm told by a source that no official offer has been made by the Yankees to call. That doesn't mean that they aren't preparing the seven-year $245 million offer being reported by Bob Clapp, which would be both a record for total dollar and, you know, annual average amount for a free agent pitcher. So it appears that the Yankees haven't... uh, Submitted that offer, and hopefully when they do submit the offer, is similar to that offer or better because they have other moves to make. Not that many moves, but they do have other moves to make, and they need to get this thing done. So there's reports about the Phillies, how they're maintaining contact with Josh Donaldson and Didi Gregorius representatives. And we do know that they non-tendered Franco and Hernandez. So I could definitely see, you know, with Girardi on that team and um, D-Rob. And so there's probably a lot of players that love Didi that they probably want him on their team. I mean, who wouldn't want Didi on their team? Uh, they have more of a need for him than the Yankees do, so I can totally see them going after him. Jardy's probably, like, pulling for him, so, you know, if he does end up with the Phillies, good luck to him, but, you know, his market hasn't really developed just yet, or at least we haven't heard of it, but the Phillies have been linked to Didi Gregorius, and I just wanted to talk about some awards so CC was recently recognized as the Sportman of the Year by March of Dimes. So congrats to him. And Jean Afterman. So she is the winner of, you know, her first ever Trailblazer of the Year. You know, it goes to her. And she hopes a lot of women will work in baseball operations. And Cashman had nothing but good nothing but praise for her so he was like she's she's unbelievable in her leadership and handling people she is extremely bright Uh, she holds people accountable to do their job and has been a game changer for the Yankees so congrats to her and I do hope I see more women coming up to work in baseball operations so you know that's that's exciting to hear females making it as far as they have been making it and and that's pretty much it um so the winter meetings start tomorrow i fully expect more news to come out monday and the next couple of days so that should be fun i'll be on twitter you guys can follow me on there last single digits my other twitter account yanks next man up and you can follow my instagram which is yanks next man up so Stay tuned. I expect a lot of more news to come out, and I will talk about it in depth like I have been. And thank you for tuning in, and stay tuned for the next episode. Go Yankees. It's a cold world.